Wilson on the rebound, and the Panthers win it in overtime. 2-1 the final. Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Essex sends it straight ahead. Barkov has room, cruises in Barkov, makes it over, he scores! Here are your hosts, Jamison Olive and Doug Plagans. Hey, everybody, welcome into Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, episode number 68. We thank you very much for being here with us each and every week. And if you are a first time listener, we welcome you into Territory Talk as we continue here on Territory Talk, our preview of the upcoming NHL draft. Doug Plagans here alongside Jamison Olive, as always. And we are going to be making our way across the continent to Vancouver to uh, bring you live coverage from all angles of the upcoming NHL draft. And of course, you can tune in on 560 WQAM beginning at 8 Eastern on Friday night. Randy Moeller and I will be uh, will be broadcasting live and Jamison's going to be joining us uh, throughout the evening. And then on Saturday, 1 to 3 Eastern. Randy Moeller and I will be broadcasting live from the draft floor from Radio Row out at Rogers Arena in Vancouver site of this year's NHL draft. So we invite you to tune in for that. You can check FloridaPanthers.com often throughout the weekend. Jameson's going to have a ton of stuff coming your way. And uh, again, FloridaPanthers.com, your place to go to find all the draft news as it concerns the Florida Panthers. And as always, you can join us live on 560 WQAM for draft coverage as well. Friday, 8 o'clock Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern, and then Saturday, 1 to 3 Eastern. And uh, we will have uh, lots of guests coming your way. We will be talking to uh, Panthers draft picks. We will be talking to uh, to uh, Panthers uh, front office personnel will be talking to all kinds of people on uh, on the draft broadcast. So we invite you to, to uh, join us for that. But in mentioning all that, bringing in my podcast partner, Jamison Olive here, this is where we kind of get into the beginning of that very active time of the uh, hockey offseason calendar. The, the uh, Stanley Cup has been won by the St. Louis Blues. Congratulations to the St. Louis Blues on their Stanley Cup championship. The playoffs are in the books. And and now as we prepare for the draft, everybody has started to see some of these moving pieces throughout the NHL. You had that trade involving Justin Braun uh, yesterday uh, at the time of this recording. We can say that uh, we heard that news yesterday. And you have some other moves that have taken place. You had that trade that sent Matt Niskanen to, uh, to Philadelphia. You have uh, all kinds of uh, parts starting to move around personnel-wise. And it was a year ago on the day of this recording, a year ago that the Panthers uh, acquired Mike Hoffman's. So we're getting to that time in the hockey calendar where pieces start to move. Yeah, no, we're definitely at that time now where you got to keep your eyes open. You got to stay tuned to social media because anything can happen at any time of day, any time of the night. You, you got to be ready. Uh, Bob McKenzie, Elliot Friedman, any of those guys can, you know, come out of nowhere and shock you with a tweet and you'll be like, what? what the, where'd that come from? I didn't see that and coming. And they are on high alert and right they now. Are, they are on high alert. Their summers are definitely over. They are they are just, you know, they're tuned into everyone everywhere around the league. Those guys obviously work 24-7. So, uh, yeah, n- no rest right now you got to be on your toes uh, you mentioned some moves Jacob Truba going to the New York Rangers that was another big one and these are just some these are just the ones that trickle in I mean once all these teams actually get on the draft floor and uh, you know you're two feet away from another team that you think thinking about trading with obviously GMs always walking around talking to each other I'm sure Dale Talon I'll be talking to a lot of guys uh, the, the draft is when you know most of the trades happen really so much happens the Panthers have you know been active at the draft with trades in the past few years so definitely uh, this week uh, stay tuned like we said the Panthers have nine draft picks uh, that's obviously you know 
lot of big news, but you know, the secondary stories, all the potential trades that could happen, the potential moves that could happen, whether it's with the Panthers, with other teams, there's going to be tons of action. Uh, no draft has ever gone by that I can remember that didn't have a single trade. So going to be a lot going on at the draft. Uh, the hot stove is heating up. It'll stay hot for quite a while. Uh, this is the time of years when teams just doing, you know, start really doing everything they can. So many teams outside of, you know, the St. Louis Blues have been spending, you know, anywhere from, you know, a week to two plus months waiting for this, you know, kind of window to open to start making changes. The Panthers have been off since, you know, a locker cleanout was April 8th. Uh, this team has been waiting to start making those improvements they want. So it's going to be an exciting time. Uh, and Doug, like you said, uh, but you know, we're focusing on the draft. We love the draft. Uh, this is, you know, this weekend's all about the draft, all about welcoming that next batch of Panthers. Like I said, nine draft picks, ton of options, whether they want to use them all, whether they want to use them to get other players, whether they want to use them to move up in the draft. They have tons of options, tons of wiggle room. And uh, last week we had Randy Moeller on here talking about the uh, the first round. We're going to have Randy Moeller on in a little bit again, another, another interview with him talking about kind of maybe the philosophy in the later rounds with picks two through seven, what the Panthers have done recently. But um, before we get there, the, the first round, we talked about it last week. We talked about where the Panthers could potentially go. But uh, I spent some time recently kind of compiling, looking through all the mock drafts that, you know, major outlets have been doing like ESPN, uh, Bleacher Report, uh, The Athletic, uh, TSN. And uh, there's not obviously not a lot of consensus with mock drafts. Uh, uh, you never know what you're going to get. All these people do the best they can to predict. They're just fun. They're fun to look at. I mean, last season I did the same thing. Of, of the 10 mock drafts I used, not one of them had us taking Grigory Denisenko. So it just kind of goes to show you it's an inexact science, but it's a really fun science to play with. And uh, just looking at those 10 things, I mean, a lot of the writers had the Panthers taking goaltender Spencer Knight, which we thought, you know, would be a big shock. Obviously the biggest goaltender to come around in a few years in the draft. But uh, his name was out there. Everyone else other than that, though, had the Panthers finally taking a defenseman. Uh, Thomas Harley from Mississauga, Mort Sider from Germany, a guy, you know, I'm really high on. Uh, Philip Broberg out of Sweden. So uh, is there a chance that the Panthers take one of those guys? Sure. Is there a chance that you don't take any of those guys in the first round? Also sure. But uh, definitely head over to FloridaPanthers.com. Give that a look. Check out, you know, where all these writers and outlets are saying the Panthers could go and uh, where other players could go in the draft. But uh, Doug, we've talked about the first round quite a bit, but now we're getting into the, the later rounds. Kind of before we get to that interview with Randy, what are some of the things you really enjoy about two through seven? Well, I was, I was, it's funny you mentioned that. I was going to ask you the same thing. If you have a specific draft memory that uh, that sticks out, thought maybe we, you know, maybe we get to that here throughout uh, territory talk. But I think just as far as are we talking just uh, draft memories or something that I look for necessarily, uh, I guess. Let's go draft memories. That's a bit more fun. Draft memories. So I guess the first thing with the draft, and as I mentioned, we'll be on the air each night, but I think really one of the the coolest things is, and our our PR department here at the Panthers does such a great job because there's so much going on at the draft. And when when a, a you know, a player is chosen, there's so much that happens. They don't just walk up to the podium or walk up to the stage, throw the jersey on, snap a photo, and their day is done. There's a lot uh, a lot of different things that those draft picks go and do and, uh, you know, essentially ends up turning into kind of a, a little bit of a media tour after, after they're chosen. But a lot of times, uh, their first stop after they, you know, go down to the draft table and, and uh, you know, meet, uh, meet, you know, everybody from, uh, from the Panthers who's at that table, a lot of times they'll come right over and uh, hop on the air with with Randy and I and to be able to talk to you know talk to a player uh, literally minutes after he just realized a lifelong dream of getting drafted by an NHL team it doesn't matter if we're talking a first round pick or a seventh round pick 
it's so cool to be able to, to have that conversation and, you know, just uh, to be able to just ask them how it feels and, and just see the excitement, um, you know, on these players when they when they walk in. It's it's part of what makes the draft special. I know I enjoy getting out there and, and bumping into a lot of familiar faces at the draft. It kind of turns into a who's who down there on Radio Row. You see people you haven't seen since the season. Uh, so it's always fun in, uh, in that regard as well. But uh, but I think uh, my favorite thing is is when we get to when we get to interview the, the players literally you know minutes after after they're drafted and you get to really feel the excitement and uh, and experience it you know kind of right there along with them see just how they're feeling uh, after they've had a, a dream realized yeah and you kind of have you're, you're a little bit lucky you're, you're in the same spot the entire draft the players come to you you're on radio row you're on the air uh day one obviously for me is a bit easier you know i sit there i, I do some tweets do some articles uh, the pick is made i go talk to the pick i come back and then i'm done i sit down and finish my story for the day but day two i mean especially when you have like we said eight picks on day two it, it gets hectic the picks come so rapid fire you don't know if the guy's going to be there or not for some reason with the Panthers it always seems like the guy's there I remember I remember a couple years ago Sebastian Repo you know overager I think it was sixth round out of Finland and you think to yourself you're about to take a break you're like all right the Panthers just took this kid there's no way he's here and then you know, what do you know you get a tap on the shoulder hey you know Repo's at pod five he's ready for the interview and it's just so funny uh, and those are some of the best guys to see guys that you know are there they get picked in the later rounds because those are guys that are really just you know uh, coming to the draft on a prayer there's a good chance they're not going to get drafted, but they still come. They still sit in the stands. They don't. They don't have the good seats. They're not in the lower bowl like some of the early picks are. You know, these guys that you know could be up in the nosebleeds, but they're there. They're there with their family. They came all that way, and for them to still get drafted, I mean, those are some of the biggest smiles I see at the draft, or maybe those day two guys rather than the day one guys. But uh, overall, I mean, in terms of good stories, I remember we drafted Yuho Lamico. He didn't speak a lick of English, and it was all just saying kind of you ask him a question, and he would just say yeah and smile or things like that. Uh, I remember Barky was still a little nervous with his. English. We've drafted a lot of Euros recently. I mean, Dennis Enko last season, uh, he used a translator. So all those guys are really adorable. I mean, they, for a lot of them, it's their first time being in America. And obviously this time we'll be in Canada, but, you know, the first time being in North America and then, you know, they get off the plane, they get to the arena and suddenly they're, you know, got a camera in their face and 10 million people asking them questions in a language they don't understand. But it's amazing how well they all do with that. And it's really impressive. So uh, in terms of all that, I mean, stories, just meeting all these kids for the first time. And then I, I mean, you and I have both been lucky enough to be in this business for a long time. Me specifically, I've been covering the pan there's now for, I don't know, seven, eight years. So uh, there's players that I've talked to at the draft that are now, you know, stars in this league, you know, Trocek, Barkov, uh, Huberto. There's, you meet them in the draft. They're little kids. They're, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed. And then you kind of see that journey and see them where they get to. Uh, it's just so special to see they're going to start to finish there. But Doug, you know, there's one thing I love about the draft, especially on day two, more than anything, and that is awesome names. I'm a I'm a yes. big proponent when you get, especially when you get sixth and seventh round. If there's a guy there that's just got a good name and you know adequate talent, just roll the dice on a good name. So, uh, any good names from the past you remember? Because I, I have I have a couple names from this draft I picked out already that I'm, I'm excited about. Oh, this is I'm, I'm gonna. I, I put you on the spot. You did a little bit. What do you have? So for this year's draft, I got I got two. Eh, let's say three really good ones. Uh, kind of spread them out a little bit. So Bobby Brink, I think that's a great hockey name. Right winger. Um, he'll he'll be in the first round of this year's draft, late first round. So it's rare to see such a great name early on in the draft. Usually for some reason, I don't know. I don't know what it is. The the be, the better names usually later in the draft. So he's one. It's a good name. It's a pretty good hockey name. And then you get into Johnny Lambos. 
I don't think Johnny Lambos is getting drafted. He's a defenseman coming out of the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, you know, shout out to Jace Howerluck, you know, Brandon Wheat King star uh, with the Florida Panthers now. But uh, Johnny Lambos, that just sounds like a guy that's driving down Las Olas and like a Corvette, bright red Corvette convertible, you know, aviators on. That just sounds like a guy that can play hockey in South Florida, Johnny Lambos. So that's a good one. And then drum roll. This is probably the best hockey name I've ever seen, or at least one of the best names I've ever seen. And this is a guy who's probably not getting drafted unless I get down to the draft floor and just sneak his name in an envelope and whisper into someone's ear. But this guy's name is Gunner Wolf Fontaine. And... (laughs) Gunnar Wolf Fontaine uh, played in the USHL last year. He's going to RPI next year. He's a forward, undersized, but uh, uh, you know, small stature, big name. That is a huge name. That is a great name. I I, I saw it on paper on Elite Prospects, and then I just had to do some research. So I just kind of Googled it, and I found out there's actually a story to it. And the rumor is kind of like you know, the lore behind this name is that uh, I don't know if it's true or not. This is just kind of the rumor is that his mom is just a big fan of. Of D2 the Mighty Ducks and if you remember the two main villains on Team Iceland and Team uh, and D2 was you know Gunnar Stahl was the top player and you know Wolf uh, Wolf was the uh, the coach there so Gunnar Wolf and that see that makes perfect sense to me so even though it's a rumor that just sounds like I'm, I'm making that canon that is true you're buying that one I buy it I believe it so Gunnar Wolf Fontaine I mean I, I don't think it gets any better than that. And that is, you know, once again, that is, I'm going to be looking for him in the draft once we get to, you know, the later rounds. If he doesn't get drafted, you know, he's already a first round pick in the in the, in the the name draft. So that's good enough for him. I guess what I look for, and, you know, it's it happens when you get to the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, uh, you know, into the seventh round, those late stages. Um, I, I enjoy when I see a name and I think, I wonder if that's the son of insert former NHL are here and I quickly hop on hockey DB to find out. And uh, so that's a lot of what I look for. And, uh, and the Panthers obviously uh, drafted uh, Cole Krieger, one of former NHL or Todd Krieger's uh, sons in the yeah, again, seventh we're, round. We're at that age now where too is the guys, the kids can draft are kids of players we watched growing yep. up, which is really interesting. I mean, uh, John Madden's kid a couple of years ago, he's, he's been a, turned into a great prospect. That's one. It seems like every year now there's at least. And we're not talking just like the, the Kachucks who were picked no, in the yeah, top, uh, top tier of the first round there's some but. guys that played 100 games in the nhl and their sons are suddenly now getting into it and it's uh riley so, stillman riley stillman and uh that's another thing yeah so not just the cool names but also just the names you familiar recognize. yes but either way uh, day two of the draft names very big very important big fan so that's uh something we'll keep an eye on throughout our draft coverage uh on all the platforms coming up here <laughs> over the course of the I, don't, I don't think tsn or espn or nhl networks have a tracker of where gunner wolf fontaine is going but i, I if, if he gets drafted that I will make it known on Twitter. Jamison Olive has that uh, has that covered for uh, I that I am on top of that on day two. <laughs> and we uh, we have a lot to uh, talk uh, with Randy Muller here about as far as day two goes, as far as the draft beyond the first round is uh, is concerned. So part two of our uh, our conversation previewing the upcoming NHL draft with Randy Moeller is uh, right here. And we talked a lot about the uh, later stages of the draft beyond round one. Well, Randy, first looking at this upcoming NHL draft, last week we talked about some of the top end guys that the Panthers have selected the first couple of rounds over the over the last couple of years. And now looking ahead, maybe at some of the, the late round approach uh, for the Panthers. They have a lot of picks coming up in this draft. You look at the Panthers roster. They've got some some real contributors on the roster, guys who've been uh, who've made a real impact these last couple of years coming out of, uh, you know, the sixth, seventh round. You look at guys like Josh Brown, Mackenzie Weger, for example, you look across the 
league. I think one of the first names that comes to mind when you think of late round picks in the NHL is Patrick Hornquist, who's had a, a great career, and he was actually the last pick in uh, in his draft year. When you approach the the late rounds, uh, you know what what comes to mind for you when you look at you know fifth, sixth, seventh round. Well, th- this is where the scouts really earn their money. And they're the ones that are driving and drinking the bad coffee and in cold rinks. And these are where you're taking kids out of the development league and and maybe uh, looking a little bit more at the European players and that that maybe have uh, fallen through the cracks as far as being scouted. That is where you build your team. The Detroit Red Wings do not win all those Stanley Cups and and become perennial champions and uh, one of the top teams if they weren't drafting Zetterberg and Datsuk in the later rounds and 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 really finding those players, the role players, and 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 that you need depth in your organization. So these scouts. And no different for the Florida Panthers or any NHL team. These scouts are in the, and when you get into the fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds, they're the ones that are, that are trying to convince the Dale Talons that, you know what, this player is available. I watched him. I saw him improve. I think he's undervalued. His rating is, is, is way down. I think he, he's a better player than where he's uh, projected to be drafted. And that's where a general manager like Dale Talon has got to trust his scouts. And they're the ones that are out there looking and watching uh, 200 hockey games over a um, over a winter. And this is this is how they earn their money. And you look at, uh, like I said, we talked about the first and second round a bit last week. That's when you're looking for difference makers. That's when you're looking for your stars or centerpieces. No brainers. No brainers. But once you get, you know, even the third a little bit has become that now, like we said, with the advancements in scouting and things like that. But once you get to fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, you're just looking for an NHL player. You're looking for a guy that can play, whether it's, you know, a guy that's going to be on the fourth line, the third line, you know, a bottom pairing defenseman. If you can find those guys, like we said, Josh Brown, Mackenzie Weger, um, if you can find those guys, uh, that's a win. And you look at the, you know, you go back and look at the numbers, you look at recent drafts, drafts from five, six, seven years ago. It seems like there's always one or two guys from those late rounds that ends up becoming something. And you just hope you're one of the teams that had one of the one yeah. or two of those guys. And looking ahead, I think that number is going to grow. I think you're going to see four five, six guys in later rounds, you know, maybe become bigger players. Because like we said, the scouting is getting so much better. The technology is so much better. But just looking back at the Panthers, you know, recent drafts last year, they had Logan Hutsko, Justin Schutz, Cole Krieger, Santu Kanuna in the late rounds. Year before that, they had Max Gildon, Tyler Anamoto, Sebastian Repo, and those are guys we already talk about. Those are already decent names. I mean, Repo, uh, we made his Springfield debut last year, 12 goals, 20 points for the Thunderbirds as a six-round pick. He's a guy that we think uh, can probably play in the NHL a little bit at some point. That That's exciting. Uh, Justin Schutz, I'm a huge fan of him. I mean, he was a six-round pick last year. They found him in the German League and the 1A World Junior Championship. Jason Bukla, uh, one of the scouts, was telling me that story, how he just went over there, and he's like, I got to keep going over there. There's some great talent there. Like you said, kind of leaving no stone unturned to find these late-round guys, and he's a guy now that helped uh, Germany win the 1A World Junior Championship. So he'll be in the real World Junior Championships next year. So it's going to be exciting to watch him play there. But I'm personally just a big fan of the late round Europeans because I think that's when you do find maybe the guys that did slip through the cracks a bit, guys that really kind of get to develop in the same programs and the same systems for, you know, three, four, five years rather than kind of jumping around like you might do in the, the Canadian Junior League or at college. So I'm a fan of that. And I think the Panthers definitely really adopting that. I mean, you look at what they did last year in the draft. I mean, I, every guy was from a different 
league. They had guys from so many different countries. Uh, they're really kind of scanning the globe now just to find the best guys. And I, I think it's a good mindset. I think it's a good system. And I think this year with nine draft picks, I think, including four in the f- fourth round alone, I think you're going to see a lot of diversity once again in this year's draft. And, and you mentioned, you touched on when the in the later rounds, when we talked about the scouting, that there's, there's players that are out there, whether they're playing high school hockey, development, the, the U.S. Development League, or over in Europe, that are not in in their draft year, they're not put in a star position. There's players above them, there's uh, uh, older players and that, they're not getting the ice time. And so you look at their stats and, you know, maybe they sat out a few games, so they only played 40 games and they only scored four goals and had 12 assists, whatever. But if you watch those players, and that's where you'll, you'll draft those players are in the later rounds, it's because they never had the ice time, and they will the following year. That's where the scouts have to find those players and say, you know what, he never really got a chance to play in the first power play and on the top line and that, but he is going to this year, and we think that he's a late bloomer. They talk about these late bloomers. That's where you're going to get these. So that's where the the rounds four, five, six, and seven, where you're going to hopefully get those late bloomers. And if you look in the in the late rounds, is there is there a skill set that you think maybe lends itself? You see a guy that you know he's uh, maybe fallen through the cracks, maybe gone under the radar a little bit, but something that that a guy could have that you could say that's the eye catching stat. I know you mentioned last week a lot about skating. If a guy can skate, then he's probably going to be able to to carve out a, a niche someplace. If you see a guy that can skate, is that is that kind of the biggest skill well, set and, in your mind? And, and and players they develop a little bit differently. My growth spurt. I grew, I think, three, four inches when I was 15 years old. That was my growth spurt. A lot of these kids, their growth spurt is when they're 17 years old. So maybe if they grow and that's their growth spurt, they get a little clumsy. Their coordination is not quite there yet with their skating. Maybe that's a reason why they're not being picked in the first, second round. Now that's why they drop down. But hopefully they can get back up. Milan Lucic. I mean, some of these guys that that the, when if you look back when they were 17, 18 years old, could hardly skate. Sedano Chara, um, and that. But all of a sudden, their skill set catches up to their size, and they get their coordination. Those are the players that you're looking for the skill set in those final rounds. And I think another thing you got to look for too is just coachability, because so much of these guys for the next five, six years, honestly through the rest of their career, but specifically in those early years, is coachability. So if you see a guy that you think has some tools, you're scouting him, you talk to his coach, and the coach just raves about him and says, "This kid's a workhorse." I'll do whatever you ask. I think that definitely gives you some extra points because you want that right. kid that's going to come in hungry. And, and obviously, everyone in the late rounds is hungry because I'm sure all of them are thinking to themselves, "I should have been around earlier." So that obviously helps a lot. But you mentioned the growth spurt. Henrik Borgström, undrafted, grows you know a couple inches. The next year, he's a first-round pick. So uh, you you're trying to find those guys. That's obviously something you, you really can't predict more than anything. But if a guy's got the skills and he's a bit undersized, you know, take a shot. He's also a guy we're taking a shot on. And that's, once again, the most exciting thing about the late rounds. Is that that's the take-a-shot rounds. And sometimes there's, there's slam dunks. Sometimes you miss. But you got to go for it every time. you got to go for the big... Uh, the big, the big. Yeah, you got to swing for the fences. Yeah. And, and, and you have the mindset that... For the most part, if you're being if you're drafting players in that fifth, sixth, or seventh round, there's a really good chance they're not going to be NHL players. But 
you you take those chances. Who do you think will mature at maybe at a slower pace that maybe could be one of those role players, a depth player, a, a bottom six uh, uh, defenseman, or, or, or bottom bottom uh, uh, forwards, uh, third or fourth line forwards, whatever uh, whatever role that you want to take. Take a tough guy too, somebody that's going to be uh, that you believe is going to play a physical game. Maybe that's he's going to be a valuable asset for you. And and the other thing too, we talked about uh, before. These players, even though they're not all going to play play for the Florida Panthers, but if they develop, they become assets, and you can maybe trade them um, to another organization for another asset. And we mentioned it before. We mentioned the last episode, goaltenders. The ultimate question mark. That's why you do see so many goaltenders drafted late rounds that do become stars, obviously. I think Henrik Lundqvist these days is probably the gold standard for that. Um, but you look at a guy who's 18 years old, might not play for your team till he's 25, 26. But if you see something you like and you want to you know, ride that out and be with him, I think you know, the late rounds, it's so exciting to see and so exciting to take the chance on those guys. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan personally. If you have nine picks and if you're one of those teams that has a, a lot of draft picks every year, you know, always, you know, go out there and you know test the waters and get a goaltender the Panthers did that quite a bit they you know looking back years past Sam Britton Evan Cowley then they ended up with Sam Montembeau uh, Ryan Bednard who they signed this year uh, taking those mid to late round goaltenders and just kind of seeing where they go and where they work out and I think that's the way to go I think that is the way to do it so once again nine picks for the Panthers I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they come up with another goaltender this year so the Panthers uh, picking at number 13 nine picks overall in uh, in the upcoming draft so uh, so we're going to be busy following things along when we uh, are broadcasting live from the NHL draft coming up again the 21st and 22nd that's a Friday and Saturday of this month and one thing we mentioned last time too is these picks yeah they're potential players but they're also more than anything they're assets and with nine picks in the draft including like we said three in the fourth round there's a good chance the Panthers could you know package two fourths and move up back into the third I mean uh, there's so much flexibility with these picks and for that reason they're also you know it's going to help the Panthers get the guys they want because if a guy is you know five picks of where they're picking and they don't think they can, you know, these are going to fall to them. They can package picks and move up. Moving I, up to get Logan Hutzko. Moving up to get Logan last Hutzko year. last year. Yeah, I, I could definitely see the Panthers also yep. making those moves this year with all these assets to, you know, climb, whether it's, you know, five, six picks up or, you know, back into a certain round. They have all the assets they need. They have all the tools they need to, you know, get pretty much every player they want this year. And Randy, just looking at it overall, I mean, aside from the, the NHL draft, you've got 13th overall pick, nine picks total in the upcoming draft. Uh, a lot of a lot of flexibility when it when it comes to July 1st. Dale Talon's position, the franchise to be very aggressive and, and have a lot of flexibility uh, when the free agency period opens up. And then, of course, uh, you know, looking back to April, Joel Quenville coming in as the head coach, a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement, to say the least. And all of these uh, events throughout the offseason are just going to build that excitement as we lead up to the month of yeah, October. Yeah, that's what you, you took the words right out of my mouth. That we're starting to build. Starts with a draft, then uh, July 1st with free agency they get the players uh, that they draft in development camp and then before you know it we're going to be in the rookie camp and then we got main camp and then the preseason and then we're ready to go and the schedule will be out as well it will be announced on june 25th and uh so the panthers we know that they're going to load up on those weekend games saturday games and that so it's going to be exciting to be a, a season ticket holder this year again for the florida panthers it all starts with a draft and rolls right in the free agency and, and you, you said there's so much exciting stuff coming up and i think you know one of the coolest things is obviously there are some things set in stone yeah you, you have joel quenville the coaching staff's now in place he's got his assistants his guys but when you look ahead to the draft to free agency to all those things there are so many question marks you never know what's going to happen you know whether it's who they draft to 
if they, if they make trades, who they sign in free agency. So as much as we like to talk on here and look ahead and project at what could be, so much is just question marks and things that are going to even surprise us. And I think that's one of the coolest things is uh, you can pencil in a lineup right now for what you think is going to be an opening night, but you're probably going to have to keep your eraser there because you never know. And uh, regardless, this team is going to put together the best team they can on the ice. And it's, uh, you know, full steam ahead. I'm excited. And, and it, the Panthers might not be involved, but you've got to tune in and follow the draft on yep. the Friday and Saturday because there will be moves. There's going to be signings. There's going to be trades. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of fireworks. It's always exciting when the commissioner gets up there and says, we have a trade. We have a trade. And they, they picked up Mike Hoffman just before the draft around this time last year. So, I mean, I think the window for those trades, once the Stanley Cup final ends, you know, those that window opens and you got to be on your toes every day of the week, refreshing your phone because you never know what's going to happen. So lots to get to uh, with the NHL draft coming up again uh, Friday and Saturday. You can tune in 560WQAM. Randy and I will be broadcasting from Radio Row. Jameson's going to be chiming in throughout the broadcast each day and uh, we're going to have uh, you know we're going to have some of the draft picks joining us on the air we're going to have uh, Jameson's going to hop on with us we're going to have uh, hockey media folks from from all around the hockey world whoever we can uh, get to come over and, and give us a few minutes of their time always exciting and I know we always have a, a great time doing it uh, every year just being it's involved it's going to be great and the uh, Dale Talon's going to come on the Panthers uh, president of hockey operations general manager so um You'll be all informed, and by the time that draft is over on Saturday afternoon, uh, the Panthers will be heading back for development camp, and uh, they'll have a whole stockpile of new prospects. So Friday, tune in, 560 WQAM. We'll have it live beginning at 8 Eastern. Randy and I will go on. Jameson's going to join us throughout the evening, and then, of course, on Saturday as well for day two of the NHL draft, 1 o'clock Eastern, we will go on the air, 560 WQAM. You can tune in on WQAM.com as well, so be sure to check that out as we uh, preview the upcoming NHL draft. Randy, thanks once again for joining us for the draft preview spectacular two-part series. We promised the listeners they would get Red Deer Randy Moeller, and uh, we are thrilled that we were able to to deliver that. Thanks for joining us today. Honored to be on again, guys. It was a, a lot of fun. Thanks, Randy. So big thanks to Randy Moeller for taking some time for us. Part two of our uh, pre-draft interview with Randy Moeller, just uh, taking a look at the upcoming NHL draft from uh, from a lot of different angles. And as uh, as we get to the NHL draft and beyond, we uh, continue on with a lot of the big events of the offseason right after the draft. Fans can look for uh, Panthers development camp, which is going to take place at the Panthers Ice Den uh, next week, beginning on Thursday, June 26. Seventh, the first on ice session is 155 to 310 that day, and uh, the uh, second session concludes at 4:45 p.m. So development camp starts up Thursday, and uh, again Thursday, June 27th, 155 to 4:45, there will be players on the ice broken up into a couple of groups. 8:40 a.m. to 12:25 p.m. on Friday, and uh, obviously this is uh, the schedule coming up for development camp Saturday, 8:40 a.m. to 12:25 p.m., and then on Sunday. You want to circle this one. It's all at the Panthers Ice Den in Coral Springs. It's all free and open to the public. But if you're only able to make it out to uh, one of the sessions Sunday, uh, 
June 30th is the date, Sunday, June 30th, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. That is the uh, Red Blue Squad scrimmage at uh, Development Camp. Jameson, uh, it's, a, it's a cool week. It's always fun. And uh, a lot of the Panthers prospects are there. Chance to see them up close, free and open to the public at the Panthers Ice Den. So come on and check that out. And uh, the scrimmage is always a good time. Yeah, it's one of my favorite times of year. I mean, you see guys that were drafted one, you know, one, two, one or two years ago, see how they've, you know, not just developed you know, on the ice, but physically so many guys pack on pounds and just like become completely different players from their draft year to one or two years later. So it's a good chance to kind of check up on these prospects, guys that you usually only see throughout the year on Twitter and video clips and things like that. And uh, for the newly drafted players, like I said, as many as, you know, nine players could potentially be coming from this yep. draft class to uh, South Florida. For a lot of them, it's their first trip to Florida. So it's fun to see them. And we'll find out the full development yeah. cap roster a little bit before. Yeah, before a little, little bit, usually, yeah. usually a little bit after the drafts when you get the full roster, because obviously, like we said, still a lot of moving parts there with prospects coming and going. So uh, it, it's just a great chance to see all these guys kind of their first, other than draft, kind of their first kind of steps and kind of taste of the NHL is getting that decap experience. Uh, you know, Brian McCabe, director of player personnel here, does a great job kind of showing those guys the ropes, showing them what it's like to be an NHL player. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. And that scrimmage is a lot of fun. And it's, it's kind of fun to see maybe a first year guy at decamp just look really well in the scrimmage. And then suddenly you're following him for the next couple of years, waiting for him to get a shot with the Panthers. Um, and then, of course, just invites guys, you know, aren't, you know, a part of the Panthers organization. A lot of guys do get invites here, uh, you know, hoping to catch on with a team, undrafted guys. Maybe one of them, you know, makes a statement and they don't get to contract down the road so a lot of different guys playing for a lot of different things at D camp but from a fan perspective like you said free and open to the public this is a great opportunity to get photos get autographs I mean you'd be hard-pressed to find a guy at D camp that's not you know you know oh head over heels excited to take a photo with a fan or you know sign an autograph these guys are just you know getting that first taste of what it's like to be an NHL player and they love doing that stuff and they're they're just happy to do it it's a good chance for you to you know get an early photo or autograph of a guy that could be a you know a Florida Panther down the line it's a great opportunity so uh, look forward to seeing some fans there. You know, I'll be there definitely on Sunday for the scrimmage, maybe up in the booth, you know, doing some broadcasting with you for the scrimmage. Hopefully we'll have, you know, a video stream of that. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned to FloridaPanthers.com, uh, at FLA Panthers on Twitter, Panthers on Facebook, anywhere, any 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 outlet there is on the digital world. Just type in Florida Panthers, and I'm sure we have a presence there. You'll find something, something for, uh, for everybody. So, uh, again, uh, we have development camp coming up next week, and a reminder that you can get your Panthers season tickets for next season, 95483. Puck, the number to call, FloridaPanthers.com, the place to go for all your Panthers tickets, all your Panthers news. That's where you go for Jamison Olive. That's where you go for uh, for all your Panthers uh, information. So be sure to check that out, especially with the draft coming up. We'll be on there. Again, a reminder, uh, 8 Eastern coming up, 560 WQAM, 8 o'clock Eastern. Randy Muller and I from the draft floor. Jamison's going to be joining us with, uh, with uh, his findings throughout the evening, and uh, we'll have lots of other guests coming your way. And then same thing Saturday. It's going to be in the afternoon, 1 to 3 p.m. Join us. We'll be on Radio Row at the NHL Draft in Vancouver. So lots of ways to follow the NHL Draft. And uh, we hope that you follow along and that you enjoy it. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Territory Talk as well. Thanks again for making it a part of your listening week. As always, new material each and every Wednesday throughout the entire calendar year. FloridaPanthers.com slash Territory Talk, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We are there for you. And folks will be back for you again next week. So be sure to look for new material on Wednesday for Randy Moeller. For my partner, Jameson Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.